Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is a solo tea cast where I will answer some questions from you, which is exciting to me. Um, that's about it. Other than that, I'm headed to the UK with Ethos um, and some bugles and all sorts of things like that. Keep following me on at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E for the dates of that. If they're more important gigs, I tend to put them up on my website. Um, that is to say, you know, big fancy gigs where I'm selling tickets and things. But if they're just small preview gigs, um, Twitter is the place to follow that. I'll, I should get a, a mailing list for those of you who are not on Twitter. Make a note to do that. Um, that said, I shall just jump straight in. There isn't that much admin for me to do. Oh, yes, I've just uh, broken. Oh, this is a big admin. I've just broken through my first um, milestone goal for Patreon, which means I can now start producing video content. There were a few days there where it was going up and then a few people stopped uh, subscribing and then a few people jumped on and I was like, oh, am I, am I, am I not? And uh, then, yeah, literally yesterday, the day before, it jumped over the over the milestone mark, which means I will now start providing video content. So if you have an idea of what you want to hear from me or see from, see from me in video content-wise, um, I cannot promise it will be extremely fancy, but it will be. It will exist. So uh, if you have any ideas, at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E on Twitter or alicerfraser at gmail.com. Also, if you did subscribe at the $25 level, uh, just send me an email, alicerfraser at gmail.com, and we will organize a time like human beings to to do a Skype, have a chat, and um, talk about your ideas as well. Have a cup of tea on hand. It's a lovely experience. I was a bit worried when I put it up as a possible thing, but um, it absolutely has been just delightful the whole time. So well done, you Tea with Alice listeners for not being terrifying people and just being absolutely lovely to talk to. So I shall answer the first question of the questions that you have asked. Asked? Asked? asked Jesus. Um, this is the question. <laughs> I proceeded putting out a solo tea with Alice tomorrow. Ask me questions. Um, any thoughts on turning Savage into a book? Yes, many thoughts. I've been thinking about that for years. Um... I have to either get an advance or get someone who's willing to hold me to deadlines because in the absence of deadlines, I float like an amoeba. Um, thanks for the question, Sam. Uh, have you? She's asked the second question. Have you already started thinking about your next show? Any clues, hints or teasers? Um, yes, I have started thinking of my next show. Any clues? Well, look, if I do do a second show... Ethos is the first part of uh, three traditional Aristotelian rhetorical techniques um, or fundamentals. So ethos, logos and pathos, possibly something like that. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm a wanker. Um, how much of the trilogy were you surprised you remembered or forgot? Um, I was surprised that I remembered Savage as well as I did and I was surprised that I didn't remember the other two as well as I thought I would. That's the answer to that. Dan asks, did your experience with the challenges of the technology component of ethos affect your pe perception of our relationship with technology itself? Ooh, good question, Dan. Um, my experience with the challenges of the technology component of ethos meant that I became more aware of how much technology we use without really understanding how it works. I mean, we understand, you know, I'm 
I'm the last generation of the not-quite-digital native in that I remember computers coming into my school and the internet coming into my school. Um, so I've always felt quite au fait, like I've always felt quite capable of using technology, but um, I'm not as capable as, of using it beyond its surface use. I think really understanding something means being able to use it in an unorthodox way or a way it's not entirely meant to be used um, in a surprising way and certainly um, I found great difficulty doing that and I think many of us would you know in the maybe 60s 70s even early 80s understanding technology would mean that you could take almost anything apart and put it back together you know a toaster a microwave you could figure out how it worked and and reconstitute it a radio all of that um, a car you could you could you could use it in that way and you could recreate it and fix it. I think the fact that we really can't fix much of our technology now, um, it's all these siloed component parts that work individually and are difficult to understand as a whole. I think those are, that's a problem for us. Sorry for yawning at you. It was a really great question, Dan. <laughs> Jeff asks... What is something you struggle with that you haven't talked about in a previous tea? What what tools or techniques did you use to help and create memories of your mum? I'm heading into that with my elderly parents. That's two questions, Jeff. Um, I'd, if there's things that I've uh, struggled with that I haven't spoken about in previous teas with Alice, it's because I either haven't figured out how I want to articulate them yet uh, or um, I will speak about them in the future. Or I don't think they're very interesting, in which case I haven't uh, mentioned them. What tools and techniques did I use? I I took photos, not many. I did the podcast before I knew that she was going to die so soon after having done it. Uh, I wish I had done more of that. It, it felt vaguely artificial at the time to do it, like it was interrupting the time we had together. So... I'm not sure that I would do it differently if I had the choice again, but I would I would probably do more maybe passive recording. I don't know. I'm just trying to remember things as they were, um, telling her I loved her a lot, patting her head, kissing her face, holding her hands, all of those things that you do with your mum. Um... Yeah, I'd say talk to them and maybe ask them questions that you don't, that you haven't had the courage to ask them up until now. Good question, Jeff. Uh, Thorgy asks, do I have a remedy for self-doubt? Thorgy, if I had a remedy for self-doubt that I could convey, I would be a wealthier and happier person than I am now. Uh, just doing the thing that you were worried about, I think is the only solution which is also the answer to the next question patrick what are some tricks for overcoming doubt in regard to performance art you're never ready for anything until you've done it three times uh, you have to fail to be get better particularly at comedy just try fail try fail get slowly better don't just try and fail in a in a stupid bashing your head against the wall way do it in a in an interested way be interested in the process of failure don't turn away from your failures look at them see what were the component parts of them and then iterate I would say if you could rid the world of one sport what would it be 
uh, I mean, sadism, I guess, being cruel to other people. But I, maybe not, isn't, I don't know. I'm not going to ask that question unless people are super into it, in which case go, go right ahead. Um, Robert asks, what makes Edinburgh such a unique comedy festival? The audience, the comedians, the magic, the castle, uh, the magic, the castle casts over the town, question mark. Well, all of the above, I would say. All of the above. I think it's its its own mythos. Also, the fact that it is this kind of white whale, this Everest of comedy, that it's unpredictable, that people don't know what's going to sell tickets or what's going to succeed, um, and that it's just a wild west. It's a, it's a city that changes its face entirely for the course of the month, becomes a different place. And uh, it, it is mostly people who've travelled a long way. It's not a huge number of locals. It's not characterised by the local performers, which is a shame, I think, and some of the local performers feel it keenly that they're sort of um, marginalised in their own comedy festival to a certain extent. Uh, but it is, yeah, it's just a, a fairyland for a month. A fairyland of sad people drinking too much for a month. Stephen asks, I think it may have been covered previously, but what is the origin of the outro music? It has been covered pre- uh, previously, but I'm always happy to answer that question, Stephen. Uh, the outro music slash intro music is um, The Doffing Mistress, or Elsie Thompson, which is an old folk tune from the Industrial Revolution played by my mum and in her band... Um, Phaedra, which was an all-girls folk music band that she was a part of in Australia in the 80s, and it's just a cassette tape that I found of them, I think, just rehearsing, and I pulled some songs off that for my own listening pleasure, and so when I was thinking of music for this podcast, uh, that worked somehow in my head. Taru asks, which tea goes well with apple pie? depends how sweet the apple pie is. If it's a very sweet apple pie, you want something that's going to cut through, maybe with a citrus edge, maybe a lady grey, um, but it also depends on how late at night you're going to be eating the apple pie, because then if it's, it's late at night, you don't necessarily want caffeinated tea, so maybe a lemongrass sort of situation there, or a cinnamon tea to add that lemon, um, sorry, that cinnamony flavour that works well with apple. Um, the answer is whichever tea you like to have with apple pie. Try a few different ones. See what works with your palate. Stephen asks, which bit of a show do you write first? Uh, I sort of am always writing jokes, but they don't build the show. I build the show and then stick the jokes in afterwards. Usually I'll think about the hardest part of what I want to say, the thing that is most difficult to convey, and I'll try and write that first and then see how many jokes I have to tell to bring people on board with that idea. Uh, Emily asks, do you have a fancy kettle for making my green tea? No, I'm on the road. I've been living out of a suitcase since July, so no fancy kettles for me. What is my go-to tea, the one that just makes me feel better? Um, Just a classic, high-quality Japanese green tea always makes me feel better. Or a Lady Grey with uh, a lot of brown sugar if I'm really in need of comfort. Um, Or an oolong if I'm out and about. William asks, uh, "If I've yet to listen to your podcast but have heard you many times on Hello Buglers, which is the Bugle podcast, do I qualify to ask a question? Hashtag that is my question. Hashtag promise to listen to this one. (laughs) William no, I'm afraid you do not qualify to ask a question given that you are not a TCAST listener. Um, thank you for asking, though, and maybe my answering it has undermined my suggestion that you're not allowed to answer to ask me a question. You are, p- of course, allowed to ask me a question. I don't know why you would 
But uh, thank you, I guess, for listening this time. Uh, Adam asks, if you could meet the alternate universe state-in-law version of yourself, what would you want to know about her life and what would you want to tell her about yours? Uh, I think by this point I've been out of law for more than um, five years and when I was in law, I could see I could not see beyond five years for myself there. I think if I had stayed in law longer, I would have gotten out of law in another direction possibly. Um, but I could also see myself getting very badly um, depressed or um, anxious or changing fundamentally my approach to the world. I wasn't a happy camper there. I really wasn't. I mean, I, w I wasn't suicidal, but I wasn't a million miles away from there. I was not a happy person. So I can't really imagine her still being this alternate universe version of myself having stayed in law. I can't imagine her having stayed in law for long, but certainly not in the large corporate law environment. Maybe if I had gone into a smaller, either more boutique law firm or legal aid or something in that way, I might have stuck around, but no thank you. Hmm. Michael asks, you have come to Edinburgh regularly. You have performed literally in front of me. You are coming this year with Ethos. Uh, do you think you might be able to come next year, given how bad Brexit is going to be? I don't know how bad Brexit is going to be. Let's find out together. Uh, Huzifa asks, have you heard about the Rajneeshi kerfuffle at Oregon in the 60s? How do you see that situation? Was it government overreach or an alien invasion on the townspeople? Would love to know your take. Thanks. I'm sorry, I don't have a take on that. Um... I don't have all of the facts uh, and I've only heard about it secondhand from friends who've told me about it so I would be uh, foolish to try to have some sort of um, unique and interesting take on it. I could read a few news articles and come back with a hot take but I think we're all, we're all happier in the world without my hot take on this. Uh, the man in the hat asks, would a brief sort of bio be possible, just personal info about you that you're happy to share, or are you intensely private about things like that? I have a bio up on my website, um, and I, I'm generally happy to share most things, but I, I don't know that it would be brief, so maybe ask specific questions and I will answer specific questions. I don't talk about um, personal relationships. Um, I talk, I don't, you know, I don't talk about dating except in the sort of abstract comedy sense. I don't, um, I don't name my villains. I, I tend to protect them with a fake name. Um, and apart from that, I don't tend to talk about... No, that's a lie. Most things I've said I wouldn't talk about I have talked about in one way or another. Um, in the past, things like I said I wouldn't talk about body image and yet I have a whole bit about body image in one of my shows I try to take an interesting angle on things um, but that's not an answer to your question ask me a question and I'll answer your question uh, Dan asks do you meditate as much as your father at all he's so chill I had to 1.4 times playback speed um, thank you Dan I do not meditate as much as my father he's a meditation teacher he meditates uh, at least an hour a day uh, he is very chill um, He's a very chill man, which is to say he's very calm, but he does not take um, very kindly to nonsense. 
sometimes he will draw a line in the sand, very, very hard line. Most people don't come up against that line, so they think of him as infinitely chill. But he's still chill when he is drawing a line. It's just very definitely a line there. Andrew asks, uninspired question, what was the most awesome music concert you have witnessed? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, I can't, I can't answer that question. I'm sorry, Andrew. I don't, I don't have an answer to that question. I think, um, I have memorable concerts, but I don't know about awesome. And I'm, I'm not hugely a music going person. Um, I think because when I started out with comedy, it was all pretty stripped bare in terms of what I, uh, would allow myself to buy and music was not part of that necessities spectrum uh, and because I maybe partly because I always had access to music in the form of my family um, playing music and gigs that I would do so I wouldn't really go to gigs unless I had a free ticket by virtue of either performing at the gig or having a friend who was performing at the gig um, and so I'm not a big concert goer I do like music concerts I like festivals um, but I don't go to a lot of them and I don't tend to compare them to each other. I think I tend to take things for what they are when they are there, um, which means that I, I don't have hugely unpleasant experiences for the most part because I try to enjoy the things that are enjoyable about the things that I'm doing, but it also means that um, it, it's difficult to compare because I'm quite easily pleased. Akanksha asks, how has being on the bugle impacted your life, if at all, um, more people throw flamingos at me. Uh, but also I've got to do some incredible gigs and meet some incredible people. And I think a few people have come over from the Bugle to the podcast. I don't think a lot of them have stuck around, but the ones who have are 100% my people. And I'm very glad of that. Um, also, I just discovered the existence of appetite suppressant lollipops marketed to young women as a feminist. What are your thoughts slash feelings slash screams about the fact that this thing exists? I didn't know that that existed. I'm sure for some people... Oh, my... I... I'm... I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a good thing. But equally, I'm sure there are worse things appetite suppressant lollipops I think I hope that they are placebo effects and that there are just people having a nice lollipop I hope they're nice lollipops if you're having them instead of food <laughs> uh, how do you keep from slipping into permanent cynicism after internalizing so much of humanity's nastiness for your comedy asks Mike I feel like I've been fighting hate and ignorance for a decade in just the last two years Mike I don't think I internalize so much of humanity's nastiness for my comedy. I think I maybe process it or use it as fuel for the comedy. Um, there's something about the act of making a joke about something that takes the sting out of it for me. Um, and that could be a lazy approach. It could mean that I'm only doing the bare minimum to solve a problem, which is to say making a joke about it, solving the problem of the joke. Um, rather than trying to impact the world. I do I do a bit for charity. I do what I can for charity. Um, and apart from that, yeah, it is just the terrible, terrible jokes. Uh, Jeremy asks, which pill makes me larger and which pill makes me small? Thank you. Very good Alice in Wonderland reference. Uh, speaking of getting small, I would like to ask you a second question. How can you be so... F oh, okay. This is a non... How can you be so fucking funny, smiley face, winky face? 
Very nice. Neither of those is a real question, Jeremy. Uh, but thank you for engaging with my call out. <laughs> a friendly bat asks, is there anything, anything you want to pursue creatively or otherwise that you haven't been able to yet, such as writing a novel, performing in an all-view-vizela band, or microbiology, etc.? There are so many things I would like to pursue, a friendly bat. I would like to learn more languages. I would like to learn more instruments. I would like to write a novel. I have a novel in train that is just completely stalled. I need more deadlines. If anyone knows a great editor who'd be happy to hold me to deadline, I, I would love to finish my novel um if only to just put it on a shelf somewhere and not even not even publish it just to have it done would be a wonderful thing um so there are many many things i would like to pursue both creatively and otherwise that i will not have time in my life to do a friendly bat and that is um both a hopeful and a, and a sad thing head nutcase asks how has you doing your podcast and also hello buglers influenced your stand-up I would like to say it's taken some of the need to address big issues in my stand-up away, but it doesn't seem to have done that, so um, I don't know, really. Um, Steve B. asks, can I have a biscuit? You can have a biscuit if you have a biscuit to give yourself, is the answer. Uh, Litesh asks, you must have had hecklers in your shows. How do you tackle them? Um, I try to deal with them on a human level, um, and if they are too drunk to engage on a human level, I make them leave as quickly as possible. Um, number two, were you funny as a kid? I was not funny as a kid. I was funny peculiar rather than funny ha-ha, I think. Um, question three, kill, marry, hook up Kim Jong-un, Putin and Trump. I think they should all um, marry, uh, hook up and kill each other with one another. I don't want any part of that <laughs> triptych. Um, men who call, cat call women on the street confront, ignore, uppercut. Depends on how strong my uppercut is feeling on the day. I've, no, I've never punched a man. Um, I've pushed a man who was mugging me and I have thrown glasses of water on two different men in different situations. Uh, both after I had said, if you keep doing that, I'll throw a glass of water on you. So I feel comparatively justified in that act of minor violence. Um, you can't ignore them, even if you're pretending to ignore them. They do stick in your craw, but um, confronting is also a big ask, depending on how long your day has been and how much tolerance for crap you have in the bank. John Reck, what are your thoughts on pelicans? <laughs> You're a bugle listener, is my answer to that question. Uh, what is it? Well, there wasn't that that poem. What a wonderful bird is the pelican. His beak can hold more than his belly can. He can hold in his beak enough food for a week. What a wonderful bird is the pelican. That is 100% a misquote of a poem. But um, that's about my thoughts for pelicans. You've mentioned, uh, asks Carolyn, you've mentioned that you avoid reading the news and don't drink. Is one related to the other? No, maybe. <laughs> I don't drink because I'm not really interested in um, being out of control when it comes to the world and my perception of the world. I'm not interested in being um, skew-whiff to the world and also just habit, really. Um, and I don't watch the news 
I didn't watch the news for two years after I came back from um, the Middle East and New York because it was making me sad and my doctor recommended that I not read the news anymore and then I started reading the news back when I began to do satirical podcasts and satirical news shows and writing for satire and news. So um, I now re-engage with the news, but not if I don't have a thing coming up. And that's, again, maybe because I prefer to deal with the reality of the world and the problems that are in front of me and that I can affect. Uh, And I don't think the news is always that. The news is is a structured piece of narrative rhetoric that tells you that you need to be afraid enough to tune in tomorrow. That's its main message um, in the same way that many other messages are about what they're selling rather than what they contain. So um, I mistrust that message. So I don't necessarily think I need to tune in tomorrow every day. Whom do I admire, living and dead? Um, Most people. I admire most people. I think most people are pretty... Incredible! Just living your life, getting on with your day is an achievement that is worthy of respect, really. I, I believe that. That is not me being sarcastic or twee or pat or any of those things. Um, so that's it. That, uh, that is my series of questions as far as I can find on the internet answering my call-out of Tea with Alice with Alice-ness, I guess. Uh, thank you very much for asking all of those questions. Um, if you want to answer a question from me, uh, what would you like to see in the video content? Um, and, and also feel free to just email me any question. I'll try and answer it in person or save it up for my next Tea with Alice questioning, answering solo episode. I hope this was satisfying and useful to you. Um, It was a lot of fun for me, although it is always weird to talk to a wall and not have those little micro-expressions, and I never know if I'm just drifting off and answering questions in my head instead of answering them out loud, um, because it feels very much just like talking to myself, which I do, of course, we all do. Um, (laughs) This is, oh, we've just gotten more questions in as I've spoken, so I'll answer a few bonus (laughs) bonus questions doesn't the name this is jd asks doesn't the name bigfoot imply that only one of the creature's feet is abnormally large uh i i don't think so no that i don't i don't think that implies that but um if that is what it implies to you feel free to be troubled by the problem of the name of a fictional creature um that said, this is enough for me today. I really am done. Um, go listen to Troll Play on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's my new little podcast that I do. I think we have a six or eight episode series up at the ABC with Sammy Shah and Cal Wilson, both excellent comedians and both friends of mine and of the podcast. They We talk about trolling. It's a funny, lighthearted podcast. It's got nothing to do with the deep questions of Tea with Alice. We're not um, exploring the psychological pain of trolls or trolling victims we're just trying to turn the manure of the internet into the flowers of joy and give ourselves the tools to deal in future with trolling that we get and give you the listener the tools to laugh at them that's the hope of it i hope you listen to it it's not it's not a massive commitment it comes out once a week and as i said i think there's about six or eight episodes unless we get commissioned for a second series which fingers crossed would be lovely but that's all 
That's all there is uh, from me. Listen to The Bugle, uh, listen to Trollplay, listen to Tea with Alice next week when I will be back with a guest in London. I will see you somewhere in the world. You're having Tea with Alice.